you know what, Jen? I don't think I've ever looked better in my life. I think I'm I'm at the peak of my physical prowess. I think you are. At the moment. And yeah. I would love to share that with people. I'd love people to be able to see me in the flesh. Just it's to... selfish to keep this. <laughs> it is. This amount of radiance needs to be shared. So I thought what I would do is invite people along to see me in real life. To be in the same room at the Museum of Comedy. At the Museum of Comedy, because comedy is what I do <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> and you belong in a museum. No, oh, no. No, no, no. It was How rude. My self-esteem had climbed and now it's back down on the floor. But no, I um, love the Museum of Comedy and I'm going to go there and I'm going to take my raw magnetism with me uh, on Wednesday the 24th of April. Can I come too? You can. Just try not to sort of detract from my glow, you know. Okay. Uh, we are going to have the magnificent Jenny Ryan, a magnificent guest, Ooh. TBA. Wednesday the 24th of April, put it in your diaries, bring your sunglasses because I am shining. Yeah, get your tickets now. The link is in our social media or from the music. Museum of Comedy website. Oh, please do come. Jen's all right as well. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does, they charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's your name? Jenny Ryan. Correct. What's my name? Lucy Porter. Correct. What are we doing? We're making a podcast all about quizzing. Correct. What's it called? Fingers on Buzzers. Correct. Hello. Welcome to Fingers on Buzzers. Hello there, everyone. And today, what do we have coming up, Jen? We've got some uh, edifying topics mm. to improve your quizability. Inform, educate, entertain. That's our mission, always. It really is. We are we are so wreathian. It's <laughs> untrue. Yes. And so uh, I'm going to quiz you on uh, anniversary gifts. Those things come up all the time. And I just think it's all nonsense because I don't know anyone who in real life <laughs> ever goes, oh, it's our paper anniversary. So, um, But I will be asking you which is paper, which is coral. Who knew that there's coral? But I'm going to ask you which one that is. So, yeah, you look like you're in no yeah. way interested, but we'll make it fun. We'll make they, it fun. We'll they, they laugh they as we learn. All the time. They do. So it's something you kind of... You either try and drill it into your brain or just ignore them altogether yep. and, and they're lost points at any quiz. You're not going to get them. Well, and we want those points. But frankly. similarly, your quiz is on another fairly tedious topic go on then. that comes up. Uh, dukedoms. Yes. We're going to go aristocratic because these things come up because the, you've got the dukedom itself, you've got the family name, which is different. Yeah. And sometimes nothing geographically correlates. Yeah, but yeah. If, if we try and figure out sort of extra facts about them, we can try and remember them a bit better. If you find hooks to hang your knowledge on, 
Yeah, okay. All right, I'm prepared to do it as, you know, even though I'm a bit of an inverted snob and I would I would like you to get an Aristo in to answer questions on my my family lineage <laughs> from Croydon, Coventry and Belfast. Any volunteers do email Yes, any in. posh people who want to come in, you're very welcome. We love you, really. Um, and our discussion topic this week is going to be woke quizzing. Woke Wow, how down with the kids are we mm. using the word woke? <laughs> so, yeah, changing. I suppose spurred by a university challenge, I've been trying to include more questions about women and uh, black and minority ethnic people. And, uh, you know, and people, of course, always react to that by saying, oh, God, bloody hell, here we go. Oh, you can't have anything these days without the feminists getting hold of it. But, um, you know, it'll be an interesting, anyway, it'll be an interesting yeah. discussion topic. So we'll be talking about all those things. Plus, we have some fantastic guests from inside the world of quiz. University Challenge made a public declaration that they were going to change their quiz questions. Yes. And what exactly did they say they were going to do, Jenny? Well, it, it was a reaction to the fact that so many of the questions are purely about basically white dudes. Yeah, dead white men. <laughs> dead white men. I mean, that is that is a way... A, a lot of the history is related to dead white blokes, obviously. Mm, yeah. But those weren't the only people existent. And the, the only reason that people don't know about other characters from history and relevant people who've made contributions to the modern world is because we don't get asked about them, we don't find out about them, and this is mm. absolutely perfect. You know, really legitimate topics to be raised in any quiz, especially a high-level academic quiz like University Challenge. Yeah, well, and I mean, actually, yes, because you do think if we kind of... and If these figures enter popular culture in every way, and quizzing is a big part of that, isn't it? That actually, yes, it will make it... A, I mean... Because, like, my kids, because Black History Month is now a thing, mm -hmm. like, you know, it's just part of their knowledge base and they would be very happy to answer questions on, like, you know, Mary Seacole, who was a sort of fairly marginal figure when I was at school, but now is kind of taught much more yeah. widely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, I am a dreadful old lefty feminist, so obviously I'm like, oh, yes, I, well, if all the questions could be about Jermaine Greer, that'd be marvellous. <laughs> you know, I, I could answer those. Andrea Dworkin, certainly, yes, sign me up. But, um, but I mean, I do think the, the modernisation of quiz questions can only be a good thing not that you don't want to answer questions about classical music and all of the staples, but um, I've always found not so much gender, but a sort of class bias yeah. in quizzing where cricket seems to be an absolutely legitimate subject and we're all expected to know an awful lot about cricket. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, darts, snooker... Yeah. On your, on your university challenges, for example, on your highbrow, on your brain of Britain, you wouldn't traditionally have got asked about those quite so much. And, I mean, do you think that that's being addressed in the quiz community? There, there are certain shows and certain setters who are definitely trying to redress that balance. Mm. And it is very funny that the, you do get a reaction against what, what we would term the highbrow quizzes and the lowbrow quizzes whereas i'm not really sure there's anything that's not legitimate to ask about but the highbrow the the highbrow snobs will poo poo questions about soap operas and pop stars mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff whereas mm -hmm. the lowbrow quizzes are you know you get asked a question about you know chemistry that's 
university level and you think well what's the point of asking me that but they're all legitimate questions yeah, yeah. and I think everything should sort of been given equal airing and if, if everything was considered legitimate yeah that's that's part of it and, and I, there mean, is I this, must uh, admit though I do yeah when I'm watching um university challenge or well more it's more mastermind where you do have everyone's doing a really kind of uh highfalutin specialist subject and then someone's doing well, naming no names, but one of the celebrity contestants who did one series of Sex in the City, and yeah, you like that's no, not. That is... <laughs> yeah, that 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 did cause a stink, but in the quiz community, but purely because it was one series of it, yes. you could. I think Sex in the City would be by most proper quizzes, you they would consider that a legitimate topic, mm. but one series of it is that is taking <laughs> the mick just a little bit. That's that's playing the diva. Well card Mastermind wouldn't let me do a confectionery, British confectionery of the eighties and nineties. Oh my goodness, what a topic. Yeah. Well, topic. It's literally a topic. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, you know, That's the potential amazing. was was there. It was ripe for comedic and quizzing potential, but um, but yeah, that was rejected. So you know, That's I guess shame. they still have standards. There is something though that I think it's always interesting to learn about something that you would otherwise never encounter. Mm. So I mean, I do a lot of cryptic crosswords, and because those again traditionally are set by elderly white men so they again you know i have actually learned a lot about cricket and boating and all these kind of weird subjects that i wouldn't otherwise know about but i think you're right i think it has to work both ways i think you know i have to be educated about cricket and boating and they have to learn about banana armor and and tweezing yes you've got there's got to be an open-mindedness which i think is very ironic really about quite a lot of people who consider themselves in the quiz community high-level quizzers, that I I think one of the key things about being a quizzer is curiosity and having this universal curiosity mm. and wanting to find out about things. And if you're closed off to certain things... Yeah. You know, one of my one of my things is it's the the Amy Poehler thing, which good for her, not for me. Like, not everything is aimed at me. Yeah. I'm not going to get all those answers, but that's a great question for someone else. Yeah, it's yeah, a great yeah. topic for someone else. Yeah. So you can't you you've got to allow everything to have the airtime, and I I think one of the one of the aims of, sort of the university challenge changing their their quota of questions about women and and black and ethnic minority groups is that those things eventually will drip down into the quiz canon yeah. and they won't be those they won't be difficult questions anymore yeah you know they'll be asking about people that very few people at home have heard of the first time round. Mm. but in three years time when they ask it again those people will have they've gone on wikipedia and learned all about them and yes. thought what a, what a brilliant person mary seacole was well and in the same way that i now know about champagne bottle sizes mm -hmm. somebody else will know about mary seacole so i think it's yeah it's a good thing it's what we've been saying broadly speaking it's a good thing as long as don't get rid of all the cricket questions because i've blooming worked hard <laughs> over the years to acquire any knowledge of a sport that i frankly don't understand um so yeah so keep keep a few but pop in a bit of netball as well thanks now it's time for a trip down memory lane back to the mid 80s the heyday of prize quizzing of darts quizzing it's 
Bullseye and Trevor Brownlee is here to tell us all about his experience. Trev, oh my goodness, you are a hero to me because your bullseye, was it was spectacular. Can you talk us through how you came to be there and what happened on the day? Well, Bullseye, of course, is a great British institution and I, along with many millions of people, used to watch it on Sunday tea times. I think it's what everyone did on Sunday. Too right. And of course... Of course, like everyone else, we all sit there thinking, oh, I could do that. <laughs> so um, so me and my mate, Des, we're both dark players. Um, he's a bit thicker than I am, so we said, well, <laughs> if you go on, I'll, I'll answer the questions, you can throw the darts. So, so basically, I sent a speculative letter off to the show and asked for an application form. They sent one back, and then a few months later, we were invited down to an interview, uh, to an audition, um, and then we had a letter saying that, yeah, you've been selected to, to appear. So uh, so we did. Yeah, and so you but you and Des were both in the military at the time, I believe. We were. We were both in the army. We were, both, we, we, we were in the army in Germany together, and we were both posted to Aldershot at, at the same time. So we were still, you know, friends there. We were used to the same club. Um, and play darts together and things like that. Nice. So, uh, yes, yeah. So you're invited onto the show and uh, tell us about the recording day. How long was it? What happened? Well, it was it was excellent. It was an all day. We we went to the studio in the morning, um, and they showed us round and everything. And we remind us a, where a, were they were, where were they recording it at that stage? Uh, th- that was at Birmingham. That was ah, at yes. Central Television mm. Studios on Broad Street nice. in Birmingham at the time. This was about, oh, it was about 100 years ago, this one. <laughs> um, it, was, sure. it, was, uh, it was 1985 we, re- we recorded. It actually went out in January of 86. Ah. But, um, yeah, so we, we had a walk through the studios and a, and a little bit of fun and a, a kind of a rehearsal just so that you could tell people where to stand and what would happen if you got through and all that sort and of thing. And how was Jim and, and how was Tony? Were they were they friendly? Yes, they were absolutely brilliant. And of course, Jim was there. I've heard since then, speaking to people who've been on other shows, that, that the host of the show doesn't always appear until the actual recording. Mm, yeah. But Jim was with us. He was with us all day, and, and he took the rehearsal. And I think uh, Broad Street closed down while everybody tuned in on the CCTV towards the Bullseye rehearsal. Oh, yeah. It's just so, it's just so funny. Oh, it's just a, a top top man. Did he but work yeah, a so bit more? Um, did he work a bit more blue in the rehearsals than he did in the final uh, show? Cons- considerably more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought he might. I thought he might. <laughs> It was adult viewing only, I think. Oh, great. And, uh, so yeah, so then, then they fed us and um, and we had a drink and then we we recorded the show that night. Well, and now we come to the meat of it. So uh, I've watched your performance mm. on YouTube and it is spectacular. Right. So it's in three parts and the first part, I'll be honest, I started watching it and I thought, oh dear, these two aren't up to much. <laughs> Devon. <laughs> Des and Trev will be going home any minute now, I thought. But how well, well, you proved thought, me yeah. wrong? It could have been a better start. I kind of had an, an issue with the first question, which I misheard. I thought, he asked me basically what, what a ufologist was, but he pronounced it, uh, he said newfologist. And so my mind went totally black on yeah. that. I've never heard of one. I know. And so I got that wrong. And, one doesn't um, wish to speak ill of the dead, and Jim Bowman's a marvellous man, but I agree with you. That question could have been more distinct. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it could have been more uh, distinct. We kind, we kind of, yeah, we kind of clawed it back. And yeah. um, we, we got ourselves into it. Because in those days, 
only one couple left earlier, and then the, then the other two went on to the match play dartboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we managed to get through to that stage, and then uh, I started picking up bonus points, and Des was throwing really well, and and, and we just sort of steamed through, and um, and we and we became and we won it in the end. Talk us through some of the prizes that you won. Um, we we won. There was a camera, um, a hostess trolley. Yeah. Ooh, I know. A remote um, control a, a television. Television, yes. Mm. Uh, there was a, 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 a sherry decanter and glasses. Yes. Nice. Uh, what an ice cream maker. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. And, and Billy's Star Prize, prize yeah. It was patio furniture, yeah. which it doesn't sound much, but, you know, then I think we... Well, we won that, and we, we actually sold it. I think we got about fifteen hundred quid for it. It oh. was top of the range, real, you know, quality yes. stuff. Um, wow, amazing! So you had all of those wonderful things. Yes, we won about half a dozen prizes. We won on which the, on is the a prize really board. good. I mean, that's such a good haul on the prize board, isn't it? But yes, then it you were yeah. asked the question: Are yeah. you going to gamble for oh. Billy Star Prize? Now oh, it's it's, uh, it's a tense moment for everyone, and you didn't seem to hesitate though. You you took very well, little time. Before we went on, we said, "Well, if we're lucky enough to get to that stage, we'll just gamble. It's a it's a once in a lifetime opportunity, and, and we'll just do it." And despite the fact that we'd, we'd done pretty well with the prizes, um, we thought it was worth a go. So, um, so we said, "Yes, we'll we'll gamble. We'll we'll have a go." And did that gamble pay off? Oh my goodness, it did. So this, to me, is one of the best moments of television in history. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you go up as the non-dark the player, and at this point, I'm thinking. Do you know what, I'll just go and make myself a cup of tea. I'll just wait for this, you know, wait for him to get nothing on the board and I'll come back for the actual darts player. But, oh, my All goodness, right. I'm very glad I did not <laughs> skip through your your darts because uh, so you, the score to get was... 101, 101. With six darts. Six darts mm-hmm. to three get for that. me. Three, uh, yeah. That's right. Three for me, three for Dev. Three for you, the non-darts player. <laughs> and yep. three so for Dev. Uh, and tell us what happened next, Trev. Well, I stepped up to, to throw the first dart, um, and it was treble 20, 60. Yeah. Magic. So I thought we're off to a good start here. We yeah. should be able to manage, should manage to get the red. Them. Yeah. yeah, you thought, well, yeah, yeah, this is fine. Whatever I do now, Des can probably clean up, yeah. Of course, yeah. Uh, so, I, so I step up with a second dart, um, and it's another treble 20. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Whoa! And it was an amazing moment, because it did look like, you know, there was just chaos in the studio. No one was expecting <laughs> well, it. No one was ready. It was a bit of a blur. Yes, it yeah. was a bit of a blur. And I'm standing there with another dart in my hand, <laughs> strangely <laughs> wanting to throw it to see if I can get 180. <laughs> yes. Jez and Jim are running, uh, hugging each other, and, <laughs> and then they the wheel this car out, a Talbot Samba, you Ooh. know, the pinnacle of British engineering. Yeah, and... Um, <laughs> And it, and it all just went, you know, it was absolutely fantastic and it's, it's something I'll never forget. Well, it was so brilliant. rare to see anyone actually win the Star Prize, let alone so easily. I mean, just absolutely, it was a breeze for you. And, um, you know, so what did you actually do with the, the Talbot Samba? 
Well, we um, we were given the option that night. I mean, it was all, it's, this was all still a blur. We were backstage and everybody was congratulating us and everything. Um, but basically, we had to sign some uh, forms. And they said, well, you can either... We had, a, we had a choice of three options. We could either take a cash equivalent, which was about 1700 or £1,750, mm. or we could actually... They would actually get us a Talbot Samba sorted out the next day, get it insured and everything and we could drive it home the next day. Uh, or they said you can wait. This was in the days when, the, the, well, I think it still does, the, the registration place changed over every August. Mm. Uh, we recorded the show in June, so they said if you want to wait until August, you'll be able to get like the new plate, which will make it easier to sell. And none of us needed the car, so we thought, well, we'll go for that. And then that means we would have had a, a C plate Talbot Sander, mm. the old C, not the new one. Mm, so desirable, <laughs> the C plate Talbot Sander. Of course. So, um, so we, we we elected to do that, and um, and how much did you get for it? Can you remember? Well, we we went. To, well, we was delivered uh, to the local Talbot dealer in Aldershot. We went down, had a bit of a photo shoot with the local press um, and um, and the guy, the, the manager of the uh, showroom said, well, what, what are you doing with it? And we said, well, we're going to sell it. So he said, well, I'll leave it here for you and, and if I can sell it for you, I can. Uh, and he had a lady looking for, for a Talbot Samba and he said, well, um, I've got this one. I can let you have it a bit cheaper. Um, and it was one on bullseye. It's a prize. As the seen on TV. Yeah, very <laughs> covetable. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and he sold it to her for um, £3,000. Mm. So we got £1,500 each. So that was well worth waiting for, yeah. Well, it's great. I mean, a lot of money in those days. And actually, I've looked on eBay, and uh, a Talbot Sambert nowadays would cost you about 1500 quid. So you could probably buy well, one back if you uh, if you so <laughs> desired. Well, obviously, obviously collector's items. Yes, you? yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's what we did. So yeah, the other prizes, we just um, we, we decided we, we kind of put a value on each of the prizes. We were on the prize board and said we'll sell it for that. And if any of us wanted any of the prizes, we'll give the other person half. I think Des's wife wanted the ice cream maker, mm. so they paid us half for that. And we wanted the TV. Carol, my wife, wanted the camera for her dad, so we gave them half the money. And then we just sold the rest of it. So uh, all in all, it was uh, oh, a pretty profitable lovely. experience. That's a good, and, uh, good haul. Yeah. Together, isn't it? Well, yeah, and it's nice to know what happened to the prizes, and it's nice to. And there was, you know, there was no acrimony. So you and you and Des had a no, lovely ab- time. And- absolutely not. Yeah, we did. And uh, I say we, we went back the following year, but loads of people uh, wrote in and said, "What do two army lads do with a car?" You know, after <laughs> split that. And so they had a little thing at the top of the show the following year where we were sat in the audience and we'd got a steering wheel and a, and a bumper and oh, um, windscreen wipers. Yeah. And, what do you do? What do you do with it, lads? Well, I what a lovely gag! Yeah, it was a lovely, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing your memories, Trev. That was a beautiful walk down memory lane, and uh, yes, oh yes, I enjoyed it. I've oh. done it many times since. It's a thread running through my life. That yeah. Walk One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Right. Jenny Ryan, it is time for my quiz to you. Which today is about the subject that only ever comes up in pub quizzes of presents for specific wedding anniversaries. Lovely. No one I know in real life does this at all. Um, but I have looked them up and I found a website called The Spruce, which I don't know much about, but um, The Spruce say, the passing of another year together marks a deepening of the couple's commitment, an accumulation of time irreplaceable. This is not I'm not reflecting my wedding at all. My marriage is, uh, every year marks a deepening of your irritation with each other. <laughs> um, but uh, to, to, to celebrate these occasions as special gifts with their own material and symbolic value, uh, it started in the Middle Ages in the Germanic region of Middle Europe, apparently, uh, with silver and gold, and then the Victorians kind the Victorians did. They loved it. They, yeah. The list that I'm going from, I think, is the kind of uh, Emily Post in her 1922 oh. Blue Book of Social Usage. Um, the started of of, uh, of etiquette, etiquette and manners. <clears throat> so, it, sort of her, she started it off, uh, and these are sort of all the the commonly accepted ones. Again, I think there's some debate about yeah. some of these but um so for the first year of marriage jenny would you imagine that there was something that you would give i've got i've got an idea about this okay. because when my mum and stepdad had been married a year i made them uh, something made of paper well you are absolutely paper right. cutouts Lovely and cheap, but a lovely cheap anniversary. Beyond gift that, that, I is. couldn't afford. No, <laughs> to, uh, no, to, it's well, you've just paid out for the wedding. I mean, I mean, that's the thing. I think it's quite good the first year is yeah. paper because you are skint after having just gone to the expense of getting married. So mm. that's good. Um, now, which year is coral? Coral. Well, they send. They do tend to go up. The longer you've been together, the the more valuable the mm. substance. So it depends how much value you put on coral. Um, what about... I mean, coral as in, like, you know, coral yeah. reef coral. 13 years. I mean, that's quite... No, it's much more valuable. Oh. Than that. Have you not heard what's happening to the Great Barrier Reef? <laughs> well, I was thinking back in 1927, it's yeah. 10 a penny or whatever no. it was. <laughs> no, it turns out 35th. So 35. pretty, you know, pretty high up there. Wowzers. Um, pottery. Pottery's got to be... Well, pottery or fine bone trina... Uh, must be different things, surely. Yes, I think they probably Pottery, are. five years. Yeah, nine. Nine? Wow, with China then, yeah. Pottery's when you're like, oh, we're a bit sick of each other. What can we What can we get to throw at each other? <laughs> that's about, because yeah, about, about nine, that's when you start to, you know, start to get sick of each other. Um, ivory, now this is an interesting Ooh. one, because obviously ivory, 
shouldn't really be on the list no. at all. No. Um, would you care to hazard a guess at what is, Well, I'm casting my mind back to the early 20th century. Um, would ivory have been more or less valuable than coral? Mm. 32 years. <sighs> much less, oh. much less valuable than coral. 14th. God, they were chopping up elephants left, right well, and centre. That's why they? we haven't got any now. Wow. Exactly. So uh, I'm going to give you now a year. I want you to name the precious stone. Okay. Uh, 55th. 55th. Right, so... It's pretty good, isn't it? You've done your gold. Well, your, your 50s gold you go and there? your 60s diamonds. It's yeah, got to be somewhere, so somewhere between, between gold and... Oh, my goodness. What would look nice? What would look nice would look set nice? between oh. uh, gold and diamonds? Sapphire. Oh, the wrong, you've gone the wrong way. Oh, no. You've Ruby? Gone, no. Oh. Emerald? Yeah. Oh. 55 is emerald. So, I mean, I think we... I mean... I know they do like modern versions of all of these, but I think you should totally modernise it and just have uh, because. But I, I mean, ivory should definitely be off the list. Oh, one hundred percent. Well, well done. That's it was a dull bad. quiz. I'm going to be honest yeah. with you. It was a dull quiz because it's, it's, it's a year a, and a substance. Yeah, it's a dull old topic, but yeah. it does. It comes up so regularly. And we you need did to well. know about it. You did well. And now we know the relative status of coral and ivory to people in the early 20th century. It surprised me both ways. Well, I hope it surprised the audience. Hope you haven't all nodded off. Wake up. <laughs> with us, we have Julia Hobbs, who has been a distinguished contestant on many many quizzes oh and yes is a question setter quiz quiz genius nothing she can't do basically <laughs> well yeah yeah let's go with that flattering really. intro yes you are you're yeah. you are amazing what are you Thank up to you. at the minute julia what's your um, current quizzing involvement at the moment i am one of the question producers on the chase um, we're actually recording today. We're in the studio today. I'm just having a little break at the moment. Yeah, we've stolen Jenny. Um, we're not giving her back. Yeah, so. stolen Jenny. That's all right. We'll, we will get her back eventually. <laughs> don't you worry about that. Um, so today I am in the gallery um, and doing my normal job when I am in the gallery. Um, but day to day, I get the question sets ready. I make sure they're all, um, you know accessible as they can be, as interesting, as varied and so on as they need to be for the show. Um, and then when I'm in the gallery, um, I'm keeping an eye out, for, uh, an ear out really, for everything that goes on to make sure that the questions are read correctly, that the um, all the answers that we're given are what we're expecting. Um, sometimes we have to check if we're given an answer that could be right, but we haven't considered, you know, we're just making sure that everything that's acceptable is down on Bradley's screen and on the script and so on so that everyone knows where we are um, Gosh, it sounds at the moment. Sounds slightly terrifying because I obviously I know how terrifying it is to be a contestant mm. on the chase, and Jenny knows yeah. how terrifying it is to be a chaser. But <laughs> yeah, I hadn't really because actually I think of all of them, I think your job is the one that I would like the least because you have the greatest responsibility. Yes, there is a lot of responsibility. You know, one of our decisions to make a huge difference to what happens in the show. You know, we can, it, it might go the chaser's way, it might go the contestant's way, and, and those decisions have to be made very quickly, be very sure of them in the moment. And, you know, occasionally we do get viewers writing and saying, oh, yeah, I don't think you got it, like you should have given it to the chaser or you should have given it to the contestants or whatever, and we always have to make a call. And I have to say, I think 99.99% of the time we do get it right. You know, we, 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 our systems, the systems that we have in place are there 
to make sure that on the day very little goes wrong and, and that if things do go wrong, we are able to correct them, make sure that we get them the outcome that is, you know, the best in the circumstances. So um, it's a long process getting a question from, from the writer's brain onto the show and we have external verifiers, big, big teams of them go through all of the questions and alert us to anything that they think is is not as it should be. Um, so, you know, we have to go back through all the questions with a fine-tooth time after they come back from the verifiers, get rid of anything that's not going to stand up in studio and so on. So, yes, it's a, it is a big responsibility, but I love it. I would not change it for the world. <laughs> and do you... So, because I, I remember when I was on The Chase and mm-hmm. um, Jay Rayner wasn't happy yeah. with the question. Yeah. And, uh, and it was amazing just seeing how everything sprung into action. It, it was yeah. exactly like you say, there's a procedure, everyone... Yeah follows it to the letter absolutely i mean that was i was in gallery that day that was one of my shows so i remember it very clearly and uh and you were one of the best contestants we've had lately oh so loving that's going on between you two so much fun it was well the questions were excellent julia if i might say (laughs) best i've ever been asked um but yes jay i mean obviously he knows his stuff it was a food question he knows his stuff and we of course, we have to take everything seriously. And, and it's not just on the celebrity shows, obviously, in the daytime. Any contestant at any time can stop us, can ask us to stop and check if they think we've not given an answer that we should have given them and vice versa, mm. you know. So it, 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 we had to stop when Jay had that query. And, yes, it was a very quick process. Um, thankfully, there was no issue. But Yes, you know, well, it's le- everyone... what you're politely saying there is it turns out he was absolutely wrong. He was absolutely <laughs> right. So, we were absolutely he right. He calls himself a cheese expert. We saw, yeah. you know, we saw yeah. a flaw there, didn't mm. we? But, yes, but it we was did. genuinely... It was really exciting, though, because, you know, like, as a, um, you know, d- doing comedy, people love it mm. when something goes wrong or when, you know, there's yeah. a... Because everyone in studio was like, oh, oh, this is exciting. Oh, you yeah. know, you could it's feel... It's the real the... peak behind the curtain when it something... Is. Like it's happens. a shame it we is. can't go out, really. But I mean, obviously, it can't go out because it would be probably not not great TV. <laughs> no. But but in the room, it is. Um, yeah, it's a really exciting, really exciting. Yeah, it does. It does. It does kind of cause a ripple when that sort of thing happens. The audience love it. I mean, we don't have an audience on the daytime shows, um, so it's sort of had feeling it in the celeb shows. It's, there's a sort of an extra element of excitement as well, having the audience because you know that they know that they're rooting one way or the other. Oh yeah, they're all they're going, Well, he does know Jay Rain. He does know about cheese. Yeah, I mean, they if, they if anyone knows well. about cheese, he does. Yeah, you know, and they're all <laughs> yeah, chatting. Yeah, they got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So. The question setters and mm-hmm. the verifiers. Where? How do you get them? And what? Do they? What are their qualifications? Um, I'm, I'm basically angling to be a question setter. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have you. Yeah. We'll have you as a question setter any day. Yeah. No, yeah. we couldn't be friends anymore. That's it. Jenny and no. I would not be able to, be, to That's speak. That's trouble. So. <laughs> Never mind. Um, I'm, Jenny and I are not allowed to be left in a room alone together. That's, that's just not. We yeah. can't do that. No, so we have to have witnesses. Same. Pub quiz team. No, no, no we're not. No. Anything else? Of no. course, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Not to, like, to be friends on social media. Oh, you shouldn't yeah. be talking to each other now. Quickly. Yeah. <laughs> we, we see each other at work. What if you're so sending coded yeah. messages to each other now? We wouldn't <laughs> no. even know, <laughs> would we? None of that. We, we, you know, we, we're sensible. We always, there's always people around that would sort of, you know, that trust us and that we trust. So it's all good. Well, also, um, no real quizzer would ever. Ch- I mean, I do think the whole thing of most quizzes hate and or cheating mm, absolutely yes Everything so there would never be any collusion yeah, yeah. yes absolutely yeah completely 
Um, but the question setting team, question writers, they come from all walks of life. Um, some some of them come up through TV, you know, start as a runner and then decide they want to go into questions. Um, more often than not, runners tend to become researchers. Uh, certainly on the chase, they tend to uh, towards more the contestant side of things. Mm -hmm. But we do have some that become question writers. Um, at the same time, a lot of our question writers are quizzes turned writers. So um, we've got probably a good half dozen on our team who love a quiz you know they play regularly in the qll the quiz league of london i should say mm -hmm. um they play regularly in pub quizzes and they just they live for the quiz basically so it's base it's their ideal job and that's yeah. kind of that's how i came to it as well having been a a quizzer for years and then being a contestant on a number of shows um which you know i had some success and i thought this is great i love it and I happened to be in the right place at the right time, met, met someone at the right time. I got made redundant from my old job just at a point when I'd won quite a lot of money on a quiz show. So I thought I had a bit of a break and ended up in, in this world. And, and I love it. All right. The spotlight falls on you, Lucy. OK, right. It's time for my quiz syllabus training. Quiz syllabus training. Very good. We have to take the rough with the smooth sometimes. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the, the rougher topics. Yeah but something that will come up in your in your quiz league particularly this is a quiz league kind of thing okay. yeah and it's it's dukedoms right, yeah yeah not something that i know anything about not very so familiar forward to learning okay well i will tell you that there is a difference between royal dukes and non-royal dukes Didn't the, the royal dukes are the members of the royal family who have uh, okay. the, the duke, duke title of, um edinburgh I've heard of him. Duke of Edinburgh, you may have heard of him. Yes, <laughs> Matt Smith. The one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that there's there's an order of ranking between them, okay. and the top top notch is the Duke of Lancaster. Oh. So who is the current Duke of Lancaster? Prince Charles. No. Oh. Uh, the Queen. It is the Queen. Oh, the Queen. Top of the tree. I did know that. I did know that. Not, not many female dukes about. No, but, but she, she is. Gets to be an honorary duke. Of course, duke. she has. She gets. She gets all the top titles yeah, because there can be nobody good. above her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. So you got the Duke of Edinburgh, and then you got the Duke of Cornwall, and the Duke of York. Uh, gave battle in vain. Um, no. Uh, oh, true. Yeah. Uh, Richard of York gave battle in vain. The Duke of York is Prince Andrew. It is Prince Andrew. Yes. We've got the the, the non royal dukedoms. Non -royal so the ones where you've got the the, the Duke of somewhere, mm. and they've got Scots. their family name. There's a there's a lot of Scots ones. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you know the the family name of the Dukes of Devonshire? Oh, now, okay, so one of the Mitfords married into, the, she's the Duchess of Devonshire, mm -hmm. runs um, the beautiful, um, it's in Derbyshire. Yeah, Berkeley. that was going to be my next question. Um, Chatsworth. Chatsworth. Mm -hmm. uh, so the family's not called Chatsworth, are they? No. That'd be too easy. Um, uh, it's, it's the same surname as a well-known cyclist. Froome. Not Froome. Wiggins. Not Wiggins. <laughs> Keep trying. <laughs> You're very much it's, exhausting my it's knowledge. It's Cavendish. Oh, well, I've never heard Cavendish. of Cavendish. Mark I'm... Cavendish okay. from the other man. Were they ever in Devon? And then... This is what mystifies me, and this yeah. is why I find it really hard to get a grip yeah. on all these, the, the different dukedoms, yeah, because they, they don't make geographic sense. Devonshire, they live in Derbyshire, all. that's totally wrong. Because there must be a Duke of Derby, and just say... Well, there was an Earl of Derby, I'll need to check that out. The Earl of Derby uh -huh. was famously beheaded during the Civil War in Bolton. Oh, really? 
done. Which we, we tend to reenact every year. Because <laughs> it's, uh, it's outside a, a well known pub. Oh, and nice. uh, okay. they have the chair in there in which he sat the night before he was executed. Oh, just just took him out and beheaded him outside oh, the pub, and everyone went back and had some more cider. It was great. So he was in Bolton, you've got your Devonshire's in Derbyshire. Well, maybe that's why they keep moving around, so people don't know where to behead them. I want to go and behead the Duke of Devonshire, I'll go to Devon. Oh no, you've missed him, he's in Derbyshire. Uh, do you know the uh, the the dukedom, which is currently held by the Spencer Churchill family? Ooh. Because um, you heard of the Spencers and you heard of the Churchills. Well, so you know those lads. And, it, you know, Churchill and I'm sort of picturing, um, uh, you know, Blenheim. Blenheim. Blenheim, that's where they are. That's their base. So that's good. That's a start. Will I it mean, help that you? that is in, um, where isn't it? It's sort of Oxfordshire. Oxfordshire, yeah. But that, uh, that's not, not much, Oxford, much not Duke of Oxford. No. Um, Duke of... of the Dukes of Marlborough. Marlborough, Marlborough. Yeah. That, Marlborough. It all seems so obvious when you say, oh, I, I vaguely think I've heard of it, but anyway, yep. What, ab- what about, this This dukedom was created in 1814. Modern. Their family name is Wellesley. Uh, what, what's the name of the dukedom? Oh, so Wellesley, is that religious? Were they in no, any no, 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 no. The Wellesleys of Wells. Well, the 18, 1814, I think, historical. Oh. I think what was going on, what had just gone on around then. Like the Industrial Revolution? Kind of, uh, no. Uh, who'd been, like, um, Victoria? Um, no. Earlier uh, than that. Oh, well, I know. <laughs> it's military, it's military. Oh, Battle of... Um, so they are the Duke of uh, Blenheim, Trafalgar, uh, Waterloo, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Duke of um, uh, Charge of the Light Brigade, the Duke of Balaclava, the Duke of Cardigan. You've got some history knowledge, oh, but none of I mean, it's specific. It's the Duke of Wellington. Oh, yeah. So there were no Dukes of Wellington before <laughs> before 1814. Oh, dear, that was painful. It was That was painful, that was painful. We'll finish off with uh, with some Please royal scandal. Oh, go on then, yeah. Um, so the Dukes of Grafton have the surname Fitzroy. Oh, yeah, the illegitimate children of... Uh, who, 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 yeah, who, what? which okay. king created king the second? King Charles II. Oh, he did put it, he like did, it. he you did, you see Jenny was giving me a little visual. He did create quite a few dukedoms and other titles for, uh, for offspring, oh, so right. they weren't feeling left out, but that was, that was the big one. It was a bit of a scandal, because Fitz, Fitzroy is, Fitz's offspring, Roy, oh. French for king, yes. so th- those go together. That's oh. why the area of London is, uh, is called Fitzroy Fitz after yeah. him. Yeah, because that's, that's where they're based, and actually they're based at Euston Hall. That's oh. why Euston's called Euston. Oh. Gosh, how interesting. There we go. Um, so what are we doing next time? What's my next subject on the Christmas <sighs> syllabus? Right, so we, we've just done some... It's, it was a pretty stale topic, wasn't it, really? Uh, the dukedoms. Yeah. Let's 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 go with something with a bit more movement and activity. Okay. We're going to do sporting trophies. Uh, this is good for me. I will hate every second of it, but it's very good for me. And so this is things like the Davis Cup and the... Yeah. There is Kiss Cup. So yeah. sports and You know some trophies. of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. And then the names of the actual trophies involved, like the Jules Rimet, Jules Rimet or whatever. Yeah, still gleaming. So all of that. Well, I've very much enjoyed the show today. And one of my favourite things was learning the difference between royal and non-royal dukedoms and uh and it was lovely talking to all our guests as oh, usual fantastic. getting an inside scoop on the world of quizzing um 
And uh, did you enjoy my uh, anniversary, my riveting anniversaries quiz? <laughs> enjoy is quite a strong word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. I enjoyed it, and yeah. I will, I will remember some of those things. And that's mm. at its very worst. That's what quiz is about. You get something wrong, you beat yourself up about it. You don't get it wrong again. That's true. And you learn some pretty dull facts along hmm. the way, so it's all good. Um, and uh, yeah, and then but then a very vibrant discussion of totally modern and woke quizzing. Absolutely. So, very important topic and, and everybody should now have googled Mary Seacole if they don't know who she is already yep 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 social justice warrior quizzing is uh, the way forward <laughs> and we'll get so many people will actually get annoyed about this that's the really appalling thing about the internet is it's yeah. just quizzing guys let's just all learn everything about everyone yeah the world of quiz loves you all. Yes, but it's it's an equal opportunities world, is it quiz. Is. It should be increasingly anyway. so. Right, so that's it for today, and I hope you will join us next time when we'll be doing some more quizzing. Yay! Fingers on buzzers. See you next time. Fingers on buzzers starred Lucy Porter and Jenny Ryan, and was produced by Amanda Redman with music by Kevin McLeod and Justin Edwards. Email quiz at fingersonbuzzers.com and tweet at fingersbuzzers. Thanks for listening, and don't. Don't forget to join us next time for more Fingers on Buzzers! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.